Welcome to the Manuscript Academy podcast, brought to you by a writer and an agent who both believe that education is key. The beauty is the people you meet along the way, and that community makes all the difference. Here at the Manuscript Academy, you can learn the skills, make the connections, and have access to experts all from home. I'm Julie Kingsley. And I'm Jessica Sinsheimer. Put down your pens, pause your word counts, and enjoy. Okay, everyone. Today we are here with Andrea Somberg, agent at Harvey Klinger Literary Agency. And we are here with Amira McKenzie, the author of one of my favorite titles of all time, Literary Libations. What to Drink with What You Read is described as the definitive guide to pairing two of the world's most beloved pastimes, reading and drinking. It's a bubbly, boozy French 75 with the great Gatsby, Trappist beer with Umberto Echoes, the name of the rose, Old Vine California Zinfandel with the grapes of wrath, and Don't You Dare Open Bram Stoker's Dracula on a Sunday morning without a Bloody Mary near at hand. Want to know what to pour when your book club meets to discuss the latest literary sensation? Then you need a copy of Literary Libations. I'm so excited, you guys. Thank you for that fantastic introduction and one of your favorite titles of all time. Wow, that just made me glow. Well, it says a lot about me, really. Well, I'm excited that you're so excited because I'm so stoked to show this book to the world and I can't wait for people to start reading and drinking more. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I love having an author and her agent with us at the same time. Why don't we talk a little bit about how the two of you met? I found Andrea because I was looking for an agent for literary libation because that was a project that was most immediately on my radar. But I was looking for an agent who was also going to be able to work with me over the course of my next series of books, which is a young adult fantasy slash sci-fi. It's kind of a genre bender. And I'm really excited about it. I've been working on it for like four years now. And so I needed somebody who was going to be able to represent a broad spectrum of works. And I was Googling and looking and I found Manuscript Wishlist. I'd heard of it before through Twitter. So I found Manuscript Wishlist and I was going through these agents and I was like, oh, here's this agent who requested a broad variety of work. She says so specifically, she wants to represent all different kinds of books and projects. And so I crafted my pitch and I went and looked at some of the other books that she represented. And I found out that she had represented this book on absent by a separate author a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, perfect. She does cocktails and spirits. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, In addition to doing young adult and fantasy and just this like really broad variety of projects. So I crafted my query and I sent it off along with the first 10 pages or so of my book project. And within a day, she had gotten back to me and said, this is awesome and send me the whole thing. Wait, Andrea, within a day? As soon as I saw, you know, the email and the proposal, I think I I read it immediately. I don't even think actually I was in the office. You know, I actually think that I was maybe even still in bed and just checking my email and came across it and just read the proposal. Um, You know, I I have to say, like, I just immediately when I saw it, I knew I wanted to represent it. I mean, a book that combines drinking and reading. I mean, what's not to love? But, you know, honestly, like it was more than that. You know, when I got the proposal in, you know, I just found the material to be so amazing. It was just incredible 
engaging and hilarious and, you know, also like really informative. Um, and, you know, I feel like it's really rare to find a writer who is able to strike that type of balance. Um, you know, I also thought, you know, immediately I started thinking about who is the market for this. And I just felt like, you know, it had huge potential for the gift market, um, for book clubs, really for anyone who loves to read. I love that there was a children's book section too that featured non-alcoholic drinks um, so that, you know, no matter what age you are, you can really join in the fun. That's cute. What do they have for kids? I have a whole section of children's and young adult pairings. Actually, it's two separate sections. For example, um, one of the pairings that I love is The Secret Garden with hibiscus tea. Um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland with iced tea because, of course, you're going to want to drink tea because we're in England, but then you want something cold and refreshing because you're on an adventure and you're running around in Wonderland. And so that's like my kids' book section. And then I have, you know, young adult books. So, for instance, The Hunger Games is paired with a non-alcoholic blueberry daiquiri to celebrate that fantastic moment at the end when Katniss and Peeta exchange blueberries. Um, And then I have actually one of my favorite pairings in the book is this is not technically a non-alcoholic pairing, but The Perks of Being a Wallflower is paired with, quote, whatever first got you drunk in high school. (laughs) And if you're still in high school, my lawyer has told me I can't legally recommend alcoholic beverages to you, but she didn't say anything about telling you what not to drink. So while I will, I will advise you now that warm gin stolen from your parents' liquor cabinet is not a good place to start. (laughs) Sounds like, you know, this personally. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, that's where I started when I was 15. And I was like, let's see about this drinking thing. And it did not end well for me. Uh, It didn't taste very good going down. So that's put a stop to my drinking habit for about two years. Um, Very effective deterrent, actually, one might say. I feel like a lot of people try things that are absolutely not a good idea to drink at first. Like I remember one slumber party when we're all like, wait, vanilla extract has a ton of alcohol in it and it's right here. (laughs) Um, Not recommended. That is amazing. It was about the time that we were also thinking it was still really funny to like mix gross things together and make people eat it. So it kind of went along with that, like everything in the pantry. So Amara, do you drink while writing literary libations? And if so, what? So there were so many different pairings in the book that I really tried to drink whatever I was writing about. Um, And it didn't have to be the exact thing. Like if I was writing about a daiquiri cocktail, for instance, I was happy to drink any kind of cocktail with rum in it, whether it was a tiki cocktail or just, you know, trying different flavor concoctions with what I had at home. I was trying to really get in the spirit of the drinks that I was writing about, which makes perfect sense because that's what I'm trying to do to my readers as well is put them in the mindset of the flavors and the place and the time that they're interacting with when they read and when they drink and experience the pairing. What was that first call like? Oh man, I was so nervous, but also so excited. I mean, I think I knew, I knew exactly what was coming because it had all happened so fast. And Andrea had been enthusiastic in her emails, you know, right off the bat, Andrea, you were like, yes, send me more, tell me more, let's talk on the phone. Um, And so, you know, I think I sent that query out on Tuesday and then we had our phone call on Thursday morning and it was super early in the morning for me and I had to go to work that day. So I woke up at like 5.30 and made a cup of coffee and sat down at my computer and got ready. And I was a ball of nerves, but Andrea was like, I love this project. I want to offer you representation. And I was like, okay, well, let's talk about the future. You know, I want somebody who's going to be 
in this with me for for a career. Um, let's take let's talk about this book and then let's talk about future projects as well. And she was totally game and. You know, it was a great conversation. And I think right off the bat, we hit it off. Yeah, it's true. And that's one of the things that I loved about Amira, too, is that, yes, um, you know, she had this book, which I loved. But, you know, she, you know, she'd written books before, but also, too, she was excited about, um, you know, she had a wide variety of projects that she was working on. And I just, you know, I loved her um, as a writer. I loved her narrative voice. And I was really excited about that. Um, you know, one of the nice things is because my list is so broad, you know, I can sort of offer that type of help in that, you know, I can go and sell a cocktail book and then, you know, the next, you know, the next month I can go and sell, you know, a novel, um, whether for, you know, the children's market or the adult market or, or you know, what, whatever. And so, um, you know, I was happy that to be able to, to bring that to the table. We, we talk a lot about the importance of platform here at the Manuscript Academy and nonfiction. I'm laughing thinking of what your platform might be, like Instagram pictures full of glorious drinks all over. <laughs> Did you have an online platform for cocktails? I think it's really important to note, um, you know, both from a marketing perspective and from a writing perspective, that the book isn't just cocktails. Um, in fact, I actually started conceiving of the book as more of like a wine focused book because I come from a winemaking background. So when I had this idea for this book, uh, what to drink with what you read, I was working as a winemaker or actually as a lab assistant um, in a winery called Peachy Canyon in California. And it was during a period of time when I was doing a lot of barrel work, which is very solitary work. You tend to have your headphones in, you're climbing around in stacks of barrels. I was, I don't remember whether I was sampling from like 500 different barrels or whether I was topping, but at any rate, I just had all this empty headspace and I was, you know, thinking about books and drinks and wine. And I came up with this idea of like what to drink with what you read, pairing genres with wine styles. So for instance, you know, rosé with romance, or um, one of my favorites was um, Argentinian Malbec with poetry, Petite Syrah with thriller and mystery. I wrote this off the cuff blog post and put it out into the world. And at the time I was trying to build my author platform because I was publishing a series, a young adult dystopian series called the Seeds Trilogy that I was self-publishing. And so I was building a platform and I was thinking about writing and reading. And so I put this blog post out there into the blogosphere and people loved it. And they were like, what to drink with what you read? That's so clever. And my dad called me up like two days later and said, Amir, that was really funny. Have you considered writing more of those pairings? And I was like, well, no, I, I hadn't. I just thought that blog post was good enough. But, you know, if you think I should write more, then maybe I will. And so it wasn't until two years later in 2017 that I finally had the means and the time we were done working on the Seeds trilogy that was all published, um, that I finally had the opportunity to sit down and come up with a book proposal for a nonfiction book about pairing drinks with great books. And so that's that's how the idea was born. And tying back into the author platform concept, I didn't have a platform at the time based around cocktails, but I did have a platform as sort of a budding winemaker. Um, and so people who followed me on Instagram <clears throat> knew that I posted pictures of uh, winemaking and behind the scenes, you know, pressing and during fermentation and getting involved in barrel work and going out into the vineyards. And so people really responded positively to those pictures from the wine industry. So that's actually more of where my platform comes from in the drinks business. Andrea, why don't you tell us what it's like to work on books about spirits? 
You know, I love, I love working on cocktail books. Part of it is that I do love to drink. Um, so that's one of the things like it's wonderful. It's wonderful to take my work home with me and, and try some of the cocktails or the other drinks that are featured in the books. I mean, part of what I love about it is being exposed to new concepts, new things. It, it's kind of like Pinterest, you know, where you're kind of capturing a moment, that special moment where you read that book and that cubby of that hotel and the rain and you had that perfect glass of wine. I think, I think you're tapping into something that's really interesting. How does drinking while writing benefit the writing? Oh yeah, that's a great question. I am totally on Hemingway's side here that you should write slightly drunk and edit sober. Even when I'm working on my fiction novels, which are totally different from literary libations, I always really enjoy having a couple beers or a couple glasses of wine. I think that cocktails can be a little much, but a beer, a glass of wine, something to sip while you're writing, not only does it help, for me, I have a lot of um, nervous energy, so I'll type and then I'll need to do something with my hands and then I'll type and then I'll be thinking and then I'll, I'll need to do something with my hands. And so having something to reach for and drink and then also having something to, you know, kind of lubricate the words coming out. I think everybody's been in that position of being at a party and you feel awkward and you're like, I don't know what to say. And then you have a couple of drinks and all of a sudden it all just comes spilling out of you. And I feel that way very much about writing. Um, a lot of writers get anxiety about what we're putting onto the page and having a drink or two, probably not more than that, but having a drink or two in you just allows you to feel more confident as you let those words spill out, out onto the page, which is so important, just being able to get the words down. So having that opening and that lubrication is incredibly helpful. I wish we lived closer. I would have such fun writing with you. I would just come to your house and I would say, crack me one and we could sit there. That is so much fun. You know, any ritual I think you have around writing can help the writing. Definitely. And whether it's tea or coffee, I mean, if you're a morning writer, then just having something a little bit stimulating to reach for. Um, I tend to write best in the evening um, after I've done the rest of my day's work. So I love coming back and sitting down around 5 or 6 p.m., cracking a beer. Not only does that help me relax from the day, but it also just helps get the words out, whether it's a, you know, a bottle of beer, a couple bottles of beer, a white wine or red wine. Um, sometimes I even like to, I've really been getting into um, some like port and sherry and vermouth. So just testing different spirits, having a small glass like that. Um, those things are all great ways to relax and inaugurate the evening and then also kind of get the words flowing. Andrea, what's your favorite pairing? Oh, it's so hard to choose. Um, you know, I mean, part of what I love about this book is just the diversity of books. But, you know, I think that... One of my favorite examples is Daphne du Maurier's um, Rebecca. I mean, Mira's description, it just, it gives me chills. Um, enticingly romantic, but layered throughout with unease, suspense, and malcontent. Rebecca demands a pairing as charming as the first Mrs. De Winters, but as unsettling as Mrs. Danvers. The jasmine, a modern classic, like the book under consideration, is floral and seductive, beautiful, but deadly. I mean, like, I read that and I just want to drop everything and reread Rebecca with a jasmine cocktail in hand. Oh, me um, too. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the great things about this book about literary libations is that, you know, it just really kind of, I mean, I'm always excited to read, but it makes you even more excited to read. And it, it prompts you to think about reading in a different way. You know, it kind of just transforms it into, into an experience. Um, and whether that's an experience that you can have, you know, with yourself and, and the book, or you can have, um, 
you know, maybe make it into a communal experience with a book club. But, um, you know, either way, it's just it really, I feel like transforms reading to the next level. Well, it's interesting, doesn't I mean, they say that when you read your brain, is firing at all different levels. And then and it is a sensory experience, but then you're adding the nuances of some of these spirits and it makes the, the whole experience have more depth, I guess. I agree completely. I mean, I think part of my goal in picking these pairings so carefully was to pull out these layers of setting and theme and emotion and provide something that complements all of those. Um, one of the most formative experiences in my food and drink life was when I went to this restaurant in Chicago called Alinea, and they had a 12-course pairing menu, and all the courses were very small. And my dad and I went together, and he ordered a wine flight to go with it. And the sommelier had just done such an amazing job of curating these wine pairings so that every wine brought out these new flavors and and different layers of texture and aroma in the food. And they just both created this experience that was so much greater than either the wine or the food would have been on their own. And I wanted to do that with books. That was my goal was to recreate that experience by providing something sensory that you could drink and experience because these, you know, aromas and, and scents and tastes are so deeply rooted in our memory and in our experience, but we don't think of them while we're reading. We don't think so much of the scent of the place and the time. And so I wanted to create these pairings that would put you in the moment right alongside the characters in the book. So Andrea, one of the interesting things about Amira as an author is that she writes so many different things. Now, in some cases, this could make it harder. In some cases, it could make it easier. What advice do you have for writers in this position? It's true. Well, I mean, a lot of it depends on who the author is and and the different books that they're interested in writing. Certainly, um, not just Amira, but I have other clients who work in a wide variety of genres. Um, You know, sometimes that means perhaps publishing some of their books under a different pseudonym in order to distinguish the brand of some of their titles from the brand of their other titles. On the other hand, I mean, one of the things about a lot of writers is that they have a diverse interest. And the way I see it is that there is no reason why they should be limited to writing in just one genre. You know, sometimes too, it can be really helpful if authors write in different genres. Um, As I'm sure you know, uh, you know, book publishing can be a very long process. Um, once a book sells, it can then take you know years for it to actually hit the shelves. Um, and sometimes, you know, based on how the contract is worded, that could mean that the author is you know not writing for that year, or you know has to wait before they can show their option book to the publisher. So in cases like that, a lot of times, if I have authors who are interested in writing in different genres, I encourage them to do so um, because we could then simultaneously go out with their book in a different genre, um, you know, market it to different editors and have them simultaneously pursue that aspect of their career as well as the the current one. You know, the other reason why maybe switching genres is useful for authors is that sometimes, you know, you come out with a book and and maybe the book doesn't sell that well. It hasn't sold that many copies. Um, A lot of times it can then be really hard to sell a next book in that same type of vein um, to a publisher. Um, And in cases like that, it, it sometimes also makes sense to maybe switch genres, maybe try something else because you don't have that track record in terms of sales that are going to be working against you. Um, You know, as an agent, I can make the arguments, well, yes, maybe this previous book of theirs didn't sell that well, but this is a completely different genre. And as a result, when bookstores are looking to order books, you know, they're not going to be relying on the sales numbers, the books that they were able to sell from the previous title. 
Um, so, so those are all, you know, you know, really good reasons sometimes to maybe potentially, um, you know, explore writing in, in a wide variety of types of books. Any final thoughts, you guys? Where can we find your book and when? It comes out September 4th. It is available on Amazon and IndieBound. I hope it will be available in many, many bookstores, but I don't know exactly which one. So I can't tell you, go here and they'll have it. Uh, but I do, I love to go into my local bookstore and ask them to order books for me. Uh, so that's always an option. I'm sure your bookstore would be happy to do that. And where can we find you online? I'm online at AK McCancy on both Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, I am Amira K. McCancy. A-M-I-R-A-K-M-A-K-A-N-S-I. And on Instagram and Twitter, it's A-K-M-A-K-A-N-S-I. Great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our first pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with first pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.